second goal of the game for Dadanov has tied the game at three. Matthews with it again, high slot. Down into the corner now for Marner. Closing score! Here's Tavares working in with the drop pass. Nylander scores! Stars with it as they make one last futile rush. Shoot it in over the line, off a stick, and that's going to be it. Yeah, we had a, I mean, a great uh, pre-scout from our coach and told us kind of what uh, what things might be open. And I mean, obviously we competed hard too. I mean, Maddie's goal, I mean, huge ball battle, and then taking it to the net, and I mean, just attacking the net and scoring. So I think uh, that was why we were successful. I don't know, it's just a rush, uh, a lot of joy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, it's just like I said last year, or two years ago, I'm an idiot when I sell you sometimes, and the adrenaline gets to me, and you know, I turn into a little kid again back in minor hockey. So. Um, you know, it's a cool moment to get to do that with your fans and kind of turn the momentum a little bit. Fan Morning Show, Sports Time 5 9 of the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Maybe it's the regulation win over the Stars yesterday. Yeah, my kid was into the Mitch Marner Sally. So he did it like a two fold, like, so there's the, mm-hmm. he did the like finger spin. And yeah. then like this, like him and I've so seen this is Matthews. I I think the he flipping refers the hand to it. down. Well, we should describe because yeah. we're on radio. I here. think he refers to that one as a saucy dap. I believe is what he refers to that hmm. one. He snaps the wrist down. Matthews right. really likes that one as he does the flyby on the bench. He'll mm-hmm. come there. It'll almost be like he's looking like he's gonna high five the boys, and then he will just snap that hand down. Sorry, you called it. it sorry, you didn't. But somebody. I, I feel like I've seen it referred saucy to. Dap? Yeah, like a, like he, they, he's dapping up the boys and he's right. doing it in a saucy, saucy manner. We'll say that that changes my opinion on it. You're out. Bit. You're all the way out now. <laughs> Never mind. Please tell me Luke Gazdick wasn't on the line for that. <laughs> no, not yet. Thank God. All right. So I tease this going to break and tell you necessarily that we we're going to do this. But um, no, that's fine. There's some weird Leafs standing stuff this season. We talked yesterday mm. about the home road stuff. Hey, a home win. Weird. Yeah, doesn't very, happen all actually, that often. Right. Yeah. That one's explainable, though. We also talked about this mm. um, today that the Dallas Stars social media department put together a hype video of all the Ontario <laughs> amazing players that play for the uh, Dallas Stars who are excited to come to Toronto, excited for their one trip a year to Toronto. That makes sense, right? And we also just man. Great. I don't want to spoil this topic because I think it's a good one. That the Maple Leafs are in a very, like the most unique sport in world, uh, most unique spot in world sports. I really do think so. In that there is no other franchise that opponent, that that visiting players get up for as much as uh, players do for Leaf games in Toronto. We can talk about like how famous the Yankees are in Yankee Stadium. It's not the same Yankee Stadium anymore. And there's some players from the East Coast, but yeah. it's very spread out across a couple of different locations. And I think there's way more Florida and California, totally. Texas players and Major totally. League Baseball. International, yeah. Yeah, NFL, it's okay. There's a lot of players from Texas, but also other regions. Yep. And okay, Cowboy Stadium, is it the same appeal? It's soccer, it's a world uh, no, sport. There's nothing like it. The one you you did say it. You yeah, said okay, the one. MSG. Yeah, that's uh, the for, one. For because it's not even but that's not a hey. I'm from New York, and there's there's plenty of, of NBA players yep. from the Eastern Seaboard, and yep. New York State. But it's that's that does hold some sway as far as wanting to perform at an iconic building. 
but I don't has think nothing to do with the team. Yeah, I don't think it's the same. And it's not like, oh, well, my friends and family are here to see me because nope. that's the, the secondary thing that is involved with playing in Toronto. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's funny. I just went and looked up that video that they that they sent out. It's it's wild that they put out a hype video of all these guys are so happy to play at home. And yeah, it's like I do think it's a just completely unique scenario. And like that's not an excuse. It's like you get benefits of being the Leafs, and that's one of the drawbacks of it. It's just par for the course. So I was gonna include that in the weirdest Leaf stat. It's not weird because like there's a clear explanation. Yeah. Home road split. They have a pretty good record in one goal games for mm-hmm. a team that's largely disappointed record-wise this season, and we look at the deficiencies maybe being defensively, that's kind of weird that they've been pretty good in one-goal games. They were good again yesterday in a one-goal game that didn't need to be a 6-on-5 goal for the Stars making it a one-goal game. You know they have the best record against the Western Conference of any Eastern Conference team, now improving to 16-5-2. and two. Now you can look at the, the Western sure. Conference teams that they play. They haven't played the juggernauts yet, and they've split... The two games against the Canucks, who are one of the uh-huh. juggernauts, they lost their one game against the Oilers. They uh, they split against the the Kings, although they got them at two different points in their, their season. Yep. And they played the Sharks twice uh-huh. and the Ducks. But yeah, that that's and a bit of a weird Hawks. one. Yeah. And the Blackhawks, which yeah. they haven't performed well against. No, I think that oh, that actually only further emboldens my opinion that they're not getting cheapy wins. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's a, that's an interesting one. I think it does should color the way you think about the Leafs a little for sure. All right, time now for our Insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Here's a guy who was excited every time uh, his Oilers team came to Toronto. Luke Gazdick, former NHL forward, Sportsnet NHL analyst, host of the Mitsoft podcast. Uh, He's on the uh, desk tonight on Hockey Central, Canucks and Bruins. How's it going, Luke? Good, guys. Yeah, I always got fired up to come back home. It was only once a year, right? Yeah. Coming from the West, and it was... uh... It was always a cool thing for me. Yeah, and I mean, it's the number one reason why I think the Leafs don't have the same type of home record stats that the other teams around the NHL have. Is that like, is that a, almost agreed upon in the NHL that like, hey, <laughs> the Leafs they're kind of beatable in their home barn because you know it's it's just old hat for them, but for the the guys, especially the Western Conference guys that 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 only get to go there once a season, it's a spectacle. It's an event for them. Hundred percent, and I don't know. There's, there's always been just kind of a mark on their head. The least I feel like everyone just wants to beat them as well. But every team that I played on, the rosters that we had were packed with a, at least a couple Ontario guys. Um, so it was uh, always a little extra motivation coming home. Like I said, I I was always really fired up to come back here. I think two of mine were on Saturday nights. So like, it's e- it's easy to get up for games like that when you're coming. Coming back, you know, you got all the friends and family and you got your buddies watching. And uh, Did you get a hockey night yeah. towel? No, because I didn't score or anything. So you have to you have to do something pretty good to get one. But I, event, I got my hockey night uh, towel my first game ever, and I think that's the only one I got. First time I ever came to Toronto, I didn't play that much. I'll never forget that, though, Cole Nor. Well, here's story time for you. Yeah, I lined up. To me. The, I lined up in like the second period, and I hadn't played much. Uh, I was just after a goal, and Colton Nor lined up beside me. Four lines are out there, and he's like the one guy in the league that I was pretty terrified of. Like <laughs> I had been, I had been fighting pretty much everyone, but I just I had heard a lot about this guy in his right hand, and everyone saw the vid. So we lined up beside each other, and there was just silence. And he just went, "Are you really not going to ask me to go in your hometown?" <laughs> <laughs> 
I just looked at him, and for a split second, I thought, I'm like, I'm either going to be the biggest legend coming back here in the summer (laughs) with all my buddies, or I'm getting knocked out cold in front of all my family. So I took the ladder. I'm like, I'm just going to play some hockey tonight. So it's uh, it was a bit of a scary one for me. But, uh, yeah, like I said, it's really easy to get up and play for all those guys coming home um, when you know how much is at stake. Oh, that is a, that's an awesome story. And having talked to Colton or a, a couple of times on various different shows. Yeah, that tracks. That feels like something, uh, something, something he would do. I'm so happy you, you told us uh, about that. You know, you're kind of a, I mean, I always love talking to you, but you're a perfect guy to have on if we want to do Leafs Oilers compare and contrast, right? Cause I mean, you're, you're keeping an eye on the league, but those are the teams I feel like you, uh, you follow the most closely there. You know, I was looking at the individual point totals and obviously the Oilers have more depth of scoring in terms of guys that are up around that kind of a 10 goal mark but guess what they both have four players who are kind of far and away ahead of things they both have a defenseman Bouchard and Riley who are kind of nipping on the heels and then there's a lot of lack of production kind of behind that why does it feel like the Leafs are so top heavy and that's a fatal flaw well the Oilers feel like a more well-rounded team and maybe the answer is they are I, I but that that jumped out to me when I was kind of looking at the individual player statistics today and the way we talk about the two teams Man, that's a really good question, and I'm sure that's one thing the Leafs are trying to figure out. But for me, I don't know. I spent a lot of time on the Oilers, like you said, and I don't want to make this sound anything you know too bad about Sheldon, but one thing Chris Knobloch's done, and Connor and Leon mentioned it in their interview with, with Jeff and Elliot when they were here in town, is um, Chris makes everyone on the team feel like they have a role. And when you watch Oiler games, he is really good at line game and bench management about when to deploy his guys. And he has a really good sense of knowing which line should follow and how, how to structure them. But he kind of just rolls them over. And I, I don't know. Sometimes when I watch Leaf games, it's like that I don't want to – go after the fourth line at all. I know they made the turnover in the first, but I think they played like a minute and a half in the first period. When you get behind the eight ball like that with some of your depth players, it's really hard to jump back in after that. I've been there where I played two shifts in the first period and uh, you're kind of just stuck. Like I'm riding the bike in between the first and the second because you feel like you're restarting the game again uh, and you just kind of roll them over. But in terms of the Oilers, it's the production side is right. They're getting scoring from the bottom of their lineup right now, and that's one thing you just can't say about here in Toronto. And he's just trying out different combinations, but I think they found some things that work in Edmondson, whereas here, just you're getting nothing from your bottom six, and that's really, really tough. So I think it's a bit of coaching, a bit of personnel, um, but I mean, it, it's easy in Edmonton too when you start putting some wins together and everyone's feeling good. Yeah, they, they had a few wins that they put together. Sixteen yeah. of them. Uh, not the record though. Only sixteen, and they lose a hard-fought uh, game to the defending champs, three-one. That included an empty netter. Uh, obviously, you've never been on a streak like that. But like, have, I imagine there were some superstitions that were happening in that Oilers dressing room. Like what? Have you ever been going good where you like didn't want to change anything? What do you imagine was happening with that Oilers team over the month stretch where they didn't lose a hockey game? No, in junior with the Erie Otters, we lost 17 in a row one year. That was mm, fun. Uh, but no, I know. I know exactly. I was I was pretty superstitious, but in the NHL, we never put streaks together like that. But I did play with Connor and I did play with Leon, and I know Leon isn't really doesn't buy into that too much. He has a routine of what he likes to do. Not surprising. Uh, 
but he's, <laughs> he's very, um, he just, I don't, I don't want to say laissez-faire, but I, nothing much bothers Leon. And it was a very admirable trait for a guy like me who went right shin pad, left shin pad, you know, <laughs> right skate, left skate, like did the exact same thing on the minute. We had clocks, you know, in every room we had like the time down from the, from the jumbotron. So we knew exactly how much was left. And, you know, at 42, I knew I was here. And at 32, I knew I was here. And uh, Leon kind of did his own thing. Whereas Connor was, about as dialed in root he would never call it superstition but routine was dialed in more than i I ever even was we uh oh man i'm just getting into stories again we had this he had this pair he had this he had this pair of shoes and it was they were legendary so it's like a pair of black leather shoes but they looked like they'd been left out in the sun for like an entire day (laughs) so they had like faded green and he kept so whenever he scored or anything, he'd wear these shoes because he felt good in them. But like we'd walk in on that, like national TV, walking in Canada Saturday night, I'd be like, "Kid, you can't wear those shoes, man." Like, <laughs> but I quickly realized that it was it was that that was his thing. He liked his he liked his stuff. I know he uses like the same jock that he has used since he played for the Marlies here. Um, so I can only imagine that. You'll hear the cliches on TV when they were going through that. You know, we're not thinking about it too much, but. I don't think there was a whole lot of habits that were changed during it. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like Connor's like a little superstitious about calling it a routine and not superstition. He's like, Don't call it that. It's my routine. And no, I'm no, not superstitious about it. He just he liked the same things. We had like a pregame meal spot in town there uh, where we went and everyone had you know, I, I mixed up every now and then, so did other guys, but Connor was like dialed in. I want the same thing every day. I love I I want to live in a world where he goes full Nathan McKinnon and is like, No, Gazdick, you have to do the same breakfast that you got yesterday, or it's like Sidney Cross in the famous Italy story where he's like, hey, I'm just going to come over here and tell you this same story every day for a year because it's working for me. Like I, I love that all of these guys are kind of wired in a similar vein. Like even the jock story, it's like, we've seen a picture of Sid and his jock that is like probably existed when he Cal was born. Clutterbuck had yeah. like the, 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 whatever the Frankenstein, yeah. uh, shoulder pads. Where shoulder he's like, pads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the best. No, Con- Con- The only thing Con- Connor would never like, I don't want to say this wrong. You never like speak back to me, but we had three cars in the house. I lived with him and Taylor Hall. So we, we would just rotate right to game. So I drove Taylor drove, but we drove in my truck and he had a good game or scored. I knew that I'd be coming down and I, we'd walk up there and he'd just go, Hey, you're driving. Right. And I would like, yeah, I'll take this one. (laughs) I love it. That's tough because he scored a lot. So yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he was chipping in for gas. Yeah. No, no, I, t- I took, uh, I drove a lot. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard for him not to have a good night. Uh, sometimes I do want to ask you just kind of about how the East is shaken out uh, as a whole here. You know, Leafs, they've been in, you know, a precarious, if you want to call it that playoff position, but a playoff position all year long, you know, a team like Tampa, they've been kind of in and out and up and down. They have Sergachev come back. He gets hurt and in a gruesome scene, like both teams coming off the ice there. Can you see that? being an injury that kind of tanks Tampa and like, I know it's not losing Hedman, but it's not far off in terms of what Sergachev is, as meant for that group as he's kind of growing into what he's become as a player. No, a hundred percent. I had that game on uh, at the same time here, uh, taking a look at it. I just, I, I never still never count out Tampa. I think John Cooper's an unbelievably smart coach and they just have some really good veterans. They're just one team. I never ever count out, but 
I mean, guys, the East is about as wide open as we're going to ask for in, in a long time. I understand that Boston is, what, 11 points ahead of Toronto. Looks like they have the better record. I just still don't buy it. I'm, I'm not buying Boston. I think that's a team with a good goalie tandem. They're well coached. But I think that's a team that can be taken down early in the playoffs. Florida's a team that I look at and would absolutely hate to play in, in the playoffs, especially Toronto again in the playoffs. But past that, like, I don't buy, I'm not buying the Rangers. Carolina's searching for goaltending. Philly plays hard. I mean, you guys, you have the wildcard team's chomping at the bit. Jersey needs a goalie. I, I feel like Pittsburgh's going to make a push. But there's just a bunch of teams like Detroit, New York, that I just, I, I, don't, I don't see it. I think this is about as wide open as you're going to get in the East. That's kind of why I don't count out Tampa, just because there's so many teams in the murky middle here. Mm. Um, you're starting to see a separation with the bottom ones. I mean, Washington, they had us in the first half, not going to lie, but they, <laughs> Montreal, uh, Buffalo are done, but Man, if there's a year for for uh, a team in the East like Toronto to to make some ground here in the in the back half and go mm-hmm. for it, like this is it. Um, they're going to have some tough games down the stretch, but especially with Tampa, you know they're going to make a couple moves too. I feel like they're they've been sniffing around, um, but yeah, I don't. There's not anyone more than another one that I look at in the East, and I'm like scared of like in the West when I'm covering the Oilers, Vegas scares me. Like Vegas is a team that I continually am saying, especially after they, they, you know, end the streak is like, well, we now know, or we still know the cup still runs through Vegas. You want to win the Stanley cup. You're probably going to have to play them in a four game series and beat them seven game series and beat them four to seven. Whereas in the East, really the only team that I think is a really hard out is going to be the Florida Panthers. Yeah, and uh, of course, Maple Leafs are lined up to play them in the first round naturally. Makes a ton of sense, but uh, of yeah. Of course. Yeah, naturally. Um, I, I do want to get your take, so I, I don't know. I, I've been hesitant to talk too much about the Coyotes situation because I've just done it a million times. We did see NHLPA dire- uh, Executive Director Marty Walsh mention it during the All-Star break. It's like an untenable situation. Apparently, there's something going down in Arizona today, and Elliot Friedman's been on top of the story that, like, finally, maybe that story's coming to a head, but I just... Like we we've heard like perilously little on the record from players that have had to play in that building, but yeah, covering the the Oilers and and seeing the West as much as you have and your connections in the league, like how much of an issue do you think that is for the players, especially the ones in the West that have to go there like multiple times and play in a five thousand seat college barn in the National Hockey League? They're living their dream to play at Arizona State. Like how much of an issue do you think that is for the players that that's still that 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 is an unresolved issue? Man, I'm not going to lie. From the guys that I've talked to, and this might sound crazy, I know it's not a long-term thing, but they don't mind it. Really? I I talked to Ryan Strom this summer on my pod, and he said, hands down, some of the best ice he's played on, especially in the Western (laughs) Conference, which is crazy. You go down to Anaheim in L.A., it is some of the worst ice you'll ever skate on. Um, And I I don't know. I hate watching games for a moment because the camera angle is one of the worst ever to try to follow a game them and the sharks in a fist fight for the worst camera in the league sharks Sharks is brutal too i just think for a short term those guys don't mind it but it's it's almost like we're laughing at you we're not laughing with you here it's 
it's just, it's not sustainable. And they just, I, I have no idea how this team hasn't figured out their act yet, but I'm not going to lie from the guys I've talked to so far. And I, I always ask every time mm. I'm like, if uh, Phoenix comes up, I'm like, how's Mullet? They're like, boys, it's great. Like <laughs> uh, if people are loud. No one's here. It, yeah. It, it, you just feel like, <laughs> You know what, for sometimes like that, and I don't know, this isn't a shot at the league because it's still the NHL, but some of the buildings just all look the same. And then it's it's Mm. just a different kind of vibe. It's a different atmosphere. Mm. But I understand it's something that is not sustainable long term. But um, I'd like to see them figure their act out because I it's it's a good spot to go on the road. Mm. Put it that way. Well, as you're describing as you're describing the experience in that arena, I'm thinking, well, maybe some of the guys you're talking to enjoying their time on campus there as well. Like maybe maybe (laughs) a couple of yeah. uh, I'm sure that that has nothing to do with it. eh? The (laughs) extra. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll see. Maybe There's certain certain, s- certain university surveys that Arizona State. Oh my runs God. Very high. In, I, yeah. If I could go back and change one aspect of my life, it might have been like my college experience and and deciding to to, to try and focus more on on going to a a warm locale. I don't know that you could fight in that weight class though. So like. Yeah, maybe not. Some right. talent down there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Luke, always a pleasure, man. Uh, appreciate the time. Guys, thanks. Anytime. There's Luke Gazdick, former NHL forward, Sportsnet NHL analyst. He will be on the desk tonight on Hockey Central, Canucks and Bruins on Sportsnet Mitsoff podcast as well. He was our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. So he said something that when I asked about Tampa that got me thinking, and I didn't want to follow up with him because I enjoyed the conversation we were having and didn't want to derail it. But when he mentioned John Cooper, I thought, who? who's going to coach Canada mm-hmm. at the 25, four nations, whatever, and the 26 Olympics. So I went back to the 2016 World Cup of Hockey. That was the best time we had, best on best. Of all of the guys on the coaching staff, one of them, or, or there are two coaching in the league right now. It's Babcock. It was a guy, Don't sorry if I mispronounced his name, Misha Donskov. He's a assistant coach with Dallas now. Mm. There's Claude Julian. There's Bill Peters, there's Joel Quenville, and there's Barry Trotz. Now, Barry Trotz is just like he's a GM now, but outside of Julian, you're going to name any of those guys? Like, I don't have a problem with Julian being the head coach. I don't have a hard and fast opinion on it, but we talk about changeover of the roster on these Mm -hmm. things. It is a complete new bench back there for a myriad of different reasons. You know, it's interesting too, right? Like... There's lots on the line for this Leafs team when it comes to their postseason mm-hmm. success. Hey, man, like, what if Sheldon Keefe has some postseason success? Wow. You look at his regular seasons? Like, is he not not the big job, but, yep. like, part of that staff? Sure. Absolutely. Like, not afraid of the spotlight? Because when he said Cooper, I did, like, at very first blush, I think Cooper is the guy who would get the job. Like, he seems yeah. like he has had the pedigree. He's won. But a lot of good coaches, like, you know, Todd McClellan, his, like, it's funny, him being back in the coaching mix did have me thinking about the possibility of interims or anything like that. Like, him being in the mix is interesting. But, yeah, I was just, I, I had to pull it up to see who was on that coaching staff and pretty much none of them, uh, an option. But also on that coaching staff, mm-hmm. Andrew Brewer, our our, uh, our video goal judge. Uh, he was the guy who did it before Jordan Bean. So, mm. good job by him. Uh, Craig Berube out there as well. Yeah, but I think they're going to have an NHL head coach 
like it's how it's always yeah. gone for that, right? So all the players active. are stopping. This mm-hmm. isn't a this isn't a world championship situation mm-hmm. where you're leaving mm-hmm. your job. It's like everybody's shutting down for two weeks. So I don't think wow. it'll be a guy who doesn't have one. I assume Barube is going to be in the big chair next season. You think? That's my opinion. All right. Due to the overwhelming demand, Creed has added another Toronto show as part of their Are You Ready Tour. They will be playing with Finger Eleven and Mammoth WVH at Scotiabank Arena on November 27th. We have tickets to give away. To enter, listen daily to the Fan Morning Show for the code word, then text that code word to 59590. Today's code word is my own prison. Text my own prison to 59590 right now for your chance to win. We have another pair of tickets to give away on tomorrow's show. But if you don't win with us, tickets officially on sale Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern time on Ticketmaster.ca. When we come back, our next guest needs no introduction. It's Toronto Maple Leafs legend, Wendell Clark, as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL, the J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. So, if you want to meet me, why don't you come down to Nathan Phillips Square this afternoon? Because I will be... Oh, so will the Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah. including Buried our next guest. the lead. Um, Wendell Clark will be there. But yeah, the Maple Leafs hosting their annual outdoor practice presented by Sport Check at Nathan Phillips Square. So the practice starts at noon today. But before that, there's a PWHL skills competition presented by Canadian Tire, 10 a.m. Um, there's events happening down at Nathan Phillips Square for three consecutive days, I'm going to bring my young child. He's mm-hmm. eight years old to see this outdoor practice. Have you ever been to an outdoor practice? To the Leafs outdoor practice? No, I have not. I have I have not uh, taken it in before. I was really close to bringing my much younger child uh, with me, but you, I think, rightfully so, talked me out of that. Yeah, I think uh, three is a little too young. Like, no offense to anybody that's uh, listen. If you if you can handle it, it's just it's a big job, and I don't know if you're up oh, to the challenge. Wow, I bring okay. a three year old. No, eight is right in the sweet spot. Shots. Um, Packed a diaper bag and everything. Look at me. Like these public practices are great I, th- I know the oilers do it at west edmonton mall there's a there's a rink <laughs> in the mall that they occasionally do uh the the public practice uh but yeah i love watching the maple leafs getting off the subway which i assume they're going to do today as well i mean we know nylander loves it yeah um and yeah if you go down there today you can meet me or you can also meet wendell clark who is on the line right now leafs legend how's it going <laughs> wendell I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. Um, so this is this is always one of the the most fun events of uh, the calendar for the Toronto Maple Leafs. How do you think the players feel about it? Getting to interact with the fans, riding the subway to this practice. Well, I, I really don't know if they're taking a subway or a bus or what. Uh, how, how the mode of transportation, but it's it's probably always a lot of fun, especially coming off a win. So that's uh, a little easier. Maybe not getting heckled. You feel better about yourself uh, as a player you know the coach is going to take it easy on you because it's an outdoor practice in front of people so he's not going to want <laughs> running in the ground so there's a lot of positives that come out with it and, and really as a player you, you just put yourself in the right frame of mind and uh, you're treating uh, the best fans in the world 
Yeah, it's what you want to have, right? Like, I think the bigger a team or an entity can be, it can be kind of harder to feel like you can, you know, touch those guys or like they're at all, you know, reachable or part of the real world. And I think events like this are 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 massive, massive. You know, did you guys ever have anything like this? I mean, you obviously would have had community outreach events, but I just think like, you know, there weren't there weren't like uh, rinks with boards up outdoors all over the city because of, you know, something like MLSE. Like, did you guys ever have any events like this or anything along those lines? when you were playing Wendell? Yeah, we had to leave the rink and walk straight to our car through a thousand people when we lost the game. We didn't have security to get to our car. So, yeah, we dealt with the people on a regular basis. But it's, uh, no, it's, uh, it's probably more, they do, they try to do more because you're not as much with the, the fans now. You are protected as a player. So when the teams, and there's lots of different events between the alumni and the, and the women's hockey going on, but especially the NHL guys, our Leaf guys, they can get out and have some fun with the people. They're the fans, and they're the ones that support them the most. So it's great for them to get out and be a part of. And, and just that's that's where they were there once, and it's it's fun to, to skate where it says Toronto. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the uh, the blue and white alumni game presented by Yeti going uh, on Saturday at noon, where uh, you'll be participating in that. Where's your game at these days, Wendell? It, it's it's not very good. I'm putting myself straight into the coaching stratosphere <laughs> is uh, where I'm going for that. Yeah, I've seen the lineup was getting younger, so I said I better – isn't that something? The lineup's getting younger in the old-timers hockey game. So um, I'm getting old, so I'm in the coaching part now. So we mentioned, you know, we're talking about celebrity here and, and, and being a Toronto Maple Leaf and, and what it means as far as your standing in this city. We just had an all-star game where – you know, Justin Bieber, one of the biggest stars in the world, is good friends with one of the best players in the National Hockey League. He happens to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews. And you mentioned you used to have to walk to your car from practice, right? Like through the the, the huddled masses in the city of Toronto. You were obviously uh, one of the most popular Maple Leafs in franchise history. Austin Matthews is that, obviously, as well. But, like, the, the way the world is now is so different. Can you compare your level of celeb- uh, celebrity when you were in the league and wearing the Maple Leaf to what Austin Matthews and, and Mitch Marner, what it means for them to be celebrities in 2024? Um, it's a, it's a lot more instant now because of social media puts it out there. But in the city of Toronto, it's always been huge. You go before me and you talk to the guys that are winning the cups in the sixties. You know, when we were playing, there was guys sitting outside at the end of your sidewalk, uh, waiting every day outside your house come playoff time. And the, the guys in the sixties that were winning the cups, they were, tell you stories of what it was like or talk to Daryl in the seventies and they're good team. So it's, it's always been really big in the city of Toronto. You, you weren't going to get away with, with anything and everybody would find out something. But um, today with the social media, it's out even quicker. And these guys are at a bigger dollar amount than we were at. So they're really competing with the big boys in the entertainment world. It's not just a sport, it's entertainment world. So these guys have friends everywhere and I'm hoping they're having some fun with the game they play. They they're under, uh, you know, they're, they're only at a short window to have a lot of fun, play hard, work hard, hopefully win as much as they can, but uh, utilize it. They worked hard their whole life to get there. So obviously Austin Matthews and Justin Bieber have a prior relationship, but yeah, he was the celebrity captain of his all-star team. You were a four-time all-star, Wendell. Like say this this format existed when you were in the league. Who would you have chosen? Say you got the, your pick of the litter, any celebrity of your era to be your celebrity head coach, who would you have chosen? Oh, we'd have to go with, because he's a huge fan. He had his mom sit at the end of the rink. John Candy would have been our guy oh, behind the bench. That's great, 
Toronto icon. He was uh, the biggest fan and and uh, just a, a great, great guy. God, that is a that's a great pick. I had no idea where you were gonna. In my head, I'm like, is Rush involved in this? Yeah. That's that's where my head first went. Was Rush? No, you like had that one in the chamber. You thought about that one, Wendell. That's good. Yeah. I, I very much like that. Uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about the Leafs, like being a little bit of a top-heavy team this year, and like I think that's a lot the case for a lot of teams in the NHL today. It's like the big boys got to be the big boys. You know, when you guys go on your run in '93. Doug Gilmore had basically 50 more points than the next closest Leaf in the regular season. He had 127 to Borshevsky's 74. What is it like playing on a team? And, you know, I don't, I don't want to not include you as part of a very key group with, with Gilmore there, but when the production is just so stark from one player to the rest, what do you think it does to that player in terms of the pressure they feel? And then conversely for you guys feeling like you have to kind of, you know, I don't want to say help them out. You're all on the team, but you, you understand what I'm saying there, Wendell? Yeah, no, no, it's a lot of Dougie. Dougie was our engine. That two-year window there, there wasn't a better player in the NHL than Dougie was uh, for what he did for our team. And come playoff time, he was playing on two lines. He'd center our Borchevsky uh, <laughs> and Anderchuk, and then he'd come down and center the third line, and it might be myself and Rob Pearson or Mike Flino or Glenn Anderson, and he was running both both ways. But but really, the rest of the team, when, you, when you're getting the scoring from a, a, just a few guys, the rest of the team has to play well defensively. Um, and, and that's just it. It's not about getting more scoring touch all of a sudden and thinking that's going to make the difference. The rest of the team has to play sound defensive hockey and, and making sure they're not getting scored on. And that, that's uh, what it was for any team that wins a cup in any era. Uh, you, you have to limit the chances you're giving uh, the other team. And especially come playoff time, you're not getting a lot of scoring chances. And your big boys also won't be getting scoring chances. So you have to not just give them goals and, and stuff like that. And so as a team, we have to make sure that we start playing better away from the puck and take away the middle of the ice and give them the outside. You can go wide all day long and circle the end zone 10 times. If you don't get to the middle, you're not going to score. So, you got to take away the middle of the ice. Uh, talking to Wendell Clark. So, Wendell, we're, we're getting international hockey back in our lives. Next year, it's the Four Nations face-off. The year after that, it's the Olympics. And then the four years after that, another Olympic cycle. We're finally going to see Connor McDavid play for Team Canada. We saw him in that World Cup uh, all those years ago. But uh, on that Young Guns team, uh, you obviously wore the Maple Leaf as a world junior. Um what did we lose without international hockey? It's such like obviously a core tenant of being a, a Canadian that the fact that we haven't seen, listen, there's been world championships and world juniors, but it's different seeing the best on best that we're going to get at the Olympics and the best four nations uh, next year. What, what did we lose not having it for, for all those years? Well, I think the players really love playing it, but probably more so now than in my era. They, they really uh, gravitate to it. The best players, it's their carrot to play for their country, and it's just another feather in their, their cap. And it's every four years. It's not a one-off. And hopefully we get some hate back between all the countries and it becomes a, a battle versus just uh, everybody pats each other on the back. It's, uh, it's something that uh, the Four Nations Cup, hopefully that brings the – the flag to each team and, and uh, it becomes great entertainment because nothing, nothing beats in my era, nothing beats the 87 and 91 Canada cup. Yeah, I mean, it feels like every generation of Canadians has the the one that they point to. Like, for me, it'll always be 2010. Like, the 2010 golden goal will always stand out as, as something uber, uber special. You mentioned it there, the idea of hate in the game. 
Do we have enough of it? Forget international hockey. Do we have enough of it in the NHL? Like, I know we want to, you know, put skill on display and show what these guys are capable of. But the thing that makes hockey different from the other four sports is that nastiness. And, you know, and not to say football isn't a physical game, but there's not the, it doesn't feel like there's the hate there that, that can exist in the NHL at times, but it feels like we've kind of gone away from it. Do you think the league needs to, and, you know, I don't know how you go about doing it other than cloning the Kachucks and putting one on every team, but do you, do you think the league needs to have some more of that animosity and hatred in the, the regular season to kind of, you know, really, truly kind of continue to grow? Uh, no, well, it's the regular season, especially now, definitely isn't like playoffs. The playoffs are still uh, the way it was in the old days. You watched the two teams that battled it out last year that got all the way. There, yeah. there was a hate there. There was a battle. So that's never left the game in the playoff time. It's just regular season. It, it's changed. Everybody talks to everybody now in the world. It's not just a sport thing. Everybody's on YouTube together. Everybody's on their phones. Everybody, you know, I don't hate the Montreal Canadiens because we're following each other on our telephone. And, and, and so there isn't that same level. You go back to the, the 60s, and I talked to the, you know, the old players. They didn't eat at the same time on the train because the middle cart was the, the meal cart, and was Montreal was in there. Toronto wasn't going in. And that, mm-hmm. there was a dislike right from that era because they never got traded. They didn't follow each other on social media and, and, and stuff the way it is today. So it's not a right or wrong. It's just that's the way the game is uh, during the regular season. But to win in the playoffs – that hate is there. And it's not about being violent. It's the, the hate of you will do whatever your skill set is at all costs to make your team win. Yeah, a little bit of violence isn't the worst thing. No, I, I don't say that. <laughs> yeah, we, we know how you feel about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just so you know how I feel about it, I'm going to go watch that highlight tape of yours, Wendell, to get me all revved up. So just to be clear where I feel about you as well. Uh, You'll be suspended for tomorrow if you do that. <laughs> don't tempt me. Worth it. Friday off before the Super Bowl? Oh, no. How dare I? Uh, Wendell, uh, it's a pleasure as always. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. There's Wendell Clark. Leafs legend ledge. Yeah. God, I don't know who that guy is on the North stars that he just mounted and pummeled to dust, but that's one of my favorite hockey clips uh, forever. Well, so there's a couple of things. One is like John Candy is the obvious correct answer. We were, we were talking about this. I forgot where we were doing like when, like who are more, Oh, it was more famous Toronto athletes. And somebody threw in like the rocket Ishmael of it all with like the John mm-hmm. Candy and the Wayne Gretzky connections. And yeah, John Candy. That's so good. Yeah. And and Wendell's right. Like come postseason, there's uh, an amping up of emotions, even with this team. Hey man, look at that series last year, like Leafs and Lightning. It was nasty. And the, mm. the second one, mm. park that. I do wonder, God. And I don't know. It, it, they don't seem like the type that are all that impacted by outside forces. But I look at that David Pasternak quip, right? Like mm. we don't see even in passing like that's stuff. From teams that may play the Maple Leafs in the post. I mean, I guess we see it from Brad Marchand, kind of. But yeah, it's like, weird. I actually feel like we don't see that anywhere else in the league other than towards the Leafs. Maybe I just don't pay yeah, attention to it. it maybe it's that one team yeah, in particular. Sure. And a couple of seven-game series victories, you're allowed to do it, despite Pasternak not being on the mm-hmm. Stanley Cup winner. Yeah. But whatever. That's fine. They've well, obviously had more postseason success than the Maple Leafs. Well, and you know why they're doing it is because it's like they need that to get themselves going. The, the Bruins, the Bruins need. need to be like the squeaky and whiny mm. and ratty group. And it's like, yeah, maybe our year is like it's going well standings wise, but we're not having the season we would want. I think that's just as much of like, look, we're still tough. We don't mm. care. We're still the big dogs mm. of this division. That's what I took out of it. Yeah. I, I, 
you don't want to forget that you're dealing with human beings. And I'm 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 kind of I'm drawing a line of parallel, a parallel line to the Vlad Jr. arbitration stuff. Mm. In that, I don't know if he's necessarily the personality type that is going to be motivated by being doubted for the first time in his, not career, life, like publicly, yep. going to an arbitration hearing with the Toronto Blue Jays and winning, but yeah, them presenting evidence to uh, people who are deciding his financial future that he's not worth the money he's asking for. Um, what I know is that it can't get much worse for him. Not dissimilar to the way... The postseason lack of success, it can't get much worse for the Maple Leafs. Would it be the worst thing in the world to see somebody publicly, instead of saying, like, this is the team and all, yeah, yeah. like, John Cooper loves to build up the Leafs. He does. Like, that's, like, if we got the opposite of John Cooper before every Leafs lightning series and mm -hmm. we got the the head coach, like, yeah, these guys, like, clearly have nothing, like, what they do during the regular mm -hmm. season doesn't translate to the postseason because that's more emotional. And the, these guys, they're, they're, they're soulless. They don't have what <laughs> other teams have that makes them successful in the postseason. If we got that, and it's probably mm -hmm. the reason why nobody does do it. Yeah. If they got it, you can't convince me that that wouldn't help this team. Yeah, of course, of course it would. And that's why these comments from Pasternak or Marshawn come miles removed from the next time these two teams are going to play each other. Like, that's why you hear him say that now. I mean, part of it is like Pasternak is just like feeling himself at All-Star Week. I'm sure there's some element to that there. But yeah, you nailed it with Cooper. Cooper and Keefe were, you would have, you know, Keefe called his team Pee Wee the other day. He mm -hmm. basically did that in the scrums before every Lightning game. The two of them are just, we are, we're just honored to share the ice with this great Leafs team and the great Lightning and the mm -hmm. two of them back and forth, like no publicly stating how much better the other team was and were the underdogs here. Yeah, obviously the last thing anybody in the world should want to do is wake up this Leafs core. And I don't, I want to be clear. Like, I don't think Matthews is sleeping. He's got 41 tucks. I don't yeah. think Nylander is either. I don't think Marner is, you know, Tavares is a slump. Okay. I don't think he's sleeping. I just think yeah. he'd be hibernating, but, <laughs> but you don't want to wake that group up. You don't. And you've never really seen it. Like when, when no. have we seen Austin Matthews with a quote unquote chip on his shoulder? Like a, you want to talk about a guy that's never been doubted. Yeah. He walked in and I think there were some people going, I don't know. He played in Switzerland. Yeah. What's that? How am I supposed to? Oh, four goals in the first game. Okay, he's probably pretty good. You want to talk about a guy who's never been doubted? Yeah. Every time he has a down season, which is 40 goals, we just sit there and say, well, he's hurt, obviously. <laughs> obviously, he's not bad. Obviously, he couldn't just be having a down year. He has to be hurt. And that's been proven to be true. Mm. So you want to talk about a guy that's never been doubted in his professional life? Matthews is the poster boy. Well, for and he, I think he got a little bit of criticism for not scoring in the five games against yep. the Panthers last season. But at the end of these postseasons, it's usually Mitch Marner is the guy that's, 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 the that's, guy. that's wearing it. Um, he's the, the, the face of the postseason failures. And I will say that, Okay, maybe this can come from the head coach. And mm. yeah, Sheldon Keefe is like amping up the rhetoric a little bit. By the way, uh, if you're going down to Nathan Phillips Square today, more details about the the next three days and the outdoor events that are happening for the Maple Leafs at MapleLeafs.com. But yeah, well, yeah, Sheldon Keefe maybe changing his his the the way he operates around this team and the public comments and maybe you know hoping that that will light a fuse on this team that he hasn't seen in the postseasons that he's been here as the head coach save for the six game series against the lightning mm -hmm. where they are played um i think at some point like the messenger has proven to be ineffective or like you're like okay we've kind of heard similar things from him and also this is the guy that walked back comments so how how much does he feel emboldened to say that and also like 
it seems clear that the media element of this is not impactful to the Maple Leafs because the, the, it's it, that's a message that has been pretty consistent over the yep. last near decade from this market that there is something maybe inherently wrong with this group that doesn't work in the postseason. They don't seem to be motivated by that. No, I don't think they they are, and I think part of it is that when you look at the and I don't don't mistake this for what I'm saying, but part of it is you go look at the counting stats and. They look pretty good with these guys in terms of points per game totals and playoffs. But guess what? We don't care about that. Care about series wins per year, not points per game when it comes to the playoffs. And I just think the proof is in the pudding with this group that I, I do believe that there is some Washington Capitals of this all that you keep a group together and you try and try and try and eventually you do break through. Because I don't, I whatever you feel about this group and if it's flawed to a fatal point or if it's just, you know, flawed a little bit, I still think that if you go back and play all the series they played, it's like they probably lose that one last year and win two or three of the ones they played before. So it is just the finicky nature of the sport that, yeah, like there are questions about the core. How can you not have them? But I also think you have to be careful about just how pointed those questions are because generally speaking, those guys show up. Well, and mathematically, eventually something, I mean, I don't know if they're going to win a Stanley Cup, but yeah, mathematically, they had to win a series. They finally won one last year in... You're right. Like that was not the best postseason series that they played in this tenure. Far from it. Yep. They played the Lightning two years ago Uh to a much greater degree than they did. Series like oh, in the six. Yeah. So they they were due to win a series. And man, Luke Gazdick is right. Like look at the Eastern Conference and Bruins got off to that great start. And yeah, they got. You know, some goalies that have put up some pretty good numbers, but the guy that won the Vesna was, like, yanked for game seven of the postseason last year. And the other guy, Jeremy Swayman, mm-hmm. who's not exactly playoff tested either. Mm-mm. And the Panthers, okay, they seem most suited to go on a postseason run because they made it all the way to the cup final. I think that was a once-in-a-lifetime postseason run for Matthew Kachuk, honestly. Like, he's a good player, mm-hmm. but, like, yeah, is, is that the same guy that you can expect year over year from the Panthers? Like, it just... It would make sense for this Leafs team that's made little sense for it to be the di- most diminished version of itself in this like eight years and for it to to do the things that the previous seven versions of this team hasn't done. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past it at all. And I think that that has just as much to do with the guys who will carry the mail. And it also has just as much to do with the teams that are there. Not a juggernaut among them in the East. All right. I'll be outdoors at Nathan Phillips Square with my uh, son this afternoon. Come say hi. You'll be at work tomorrow. I will not. I don't know Wendell said him get suspended. So okay. talk to Fabro about that. I don't know. All right, I'll see you on Monday. Brent will be back tomorrow on the next edition of the Fan Morning Show. Ben Anderson, Brent Gunning, 4 Sports 590 The Fan. Good, Good morning. morning.